Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, our final show of 2020 and the year of podcast episodes from the Get Home Safe podcast comes to an end. The first year, hopefully, of many, many. Uh, Very excited uh, about starting a new year and in looking back at all of the shows we have done this past year. um, One of the uh, one of the positive things, really, that uh, I think I can say happened to me in 2020 was starting up this podcast and being able to talk to so many different people some of you multiple times, uh, a lot of sports officials, a lot of people that have just come, uh, I've come across in my life, cross paths with uh, loved ones, friends, fam, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So it's been an absolute blessing in that regard. And it's hard to believe that uh, there will be no more podcast episodes in the year 2020 because we're starting fresh on Friday. We are starting a new year, January 1st, 2021. Uh, I like the sound of that. I did hear the other day, someone was talking about, oh, the new year and everything. And someone was like, well, you know, if you think things are going to change or problems are going to go away just because the number of the year changes, uh, you're sorely mistaken. And, and I agree with that. Things don't magically dissolve or change overnight. But I do think at least we, we don't have to say, man, what a year this is. What a year this is. I mean, we can at least move on a little bit. I mean, not quite closure, I'll say, like a bad relationship or something, but at least it's like, okay, you can start moving away from it. I I don't know. I I just, to me, it's a step. It's, I've never been a a New Year's guy. I've hated it. I've, I've, again, I've said that many times. It's it's almost like, uh, almost depressing at times because it's it's a new year, another year. It's like, oh man, the clock just keeps going. But, uh, anyway, Our final show of 2020, Um, in looking back at the podcast and a little bit of the year, uh, I I didn't know this was going to happen. I had thought many times about podcasts and, well, not podcasts, but being on the radio or something. And uh, I don't think I'm there by any means, or this podcast is is anything that's going to get global or anything, even though we do have some uh, international listeners, which I found quite awesome. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I talk about this a little bit with Valerie on Friday, who is our guest, Valerie Burns, my girlfriend. She will join us and uh, talk about the new year and look back at uh, the previous year. So her and I are, we, we have a podcast together once every few months. So sorry, guys out there. If you if you don't want to hear a, a couple talk, well, my apologies. Uh, but I'm starting the, the year off with her. And uh, uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, looking back, with her and also looking back a little bit with my brother on Monday, 
it's crazy how, how the year has been, but how, how quick it's been as well. I feel like just yesterday, uh, it was early January of 2020 and, uh, all this hope and, you know, looking forward and everything. And then things started to unfold, you know, most people lose their job and in March, April, things get shut down. We don't know how long, uh, the riots start up in, in the summer and just all kinds of craziness. And that has led us to here, here we are now. So I, I hope everyone is looking forward to a new year. Uh, and if you're not, Hey, we still have lots to combat, lots to fight through. So, uh, the, the year number might not ch- or may change, but things may not change. I, I do agree with that. And hopefully this doesn't turn into an era, you know, it's just a tw- that that year, 2020, not, oh yeah, the early twenties were, uh, were miserable because of uh, all these different things. I'm hoping that it's not an era, that it is just a year that we can put behind us. And hopefully as we turn the page on Friday, uh, we start to at least get some better stories in our book. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, guys, a special treat today on the podcast. I mentioned it on Monday. Today is Wednesday, and that means Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. But Bill has wanted to have kind of like a live podcast uh, before, and I managed to get together a a few of our loyal listeners on a Zoom call on Sunday night, and we recorded with the one and only Bill Barnes. So I didn't have to record with Bill on Monday or Tuesday morning. It was kind of nice getting some other things together. Uh, But we recorded a roundtable, and and while not everyone may have uh, spoken up, as much as uh, some others w- did, um, it was a lot of fun getting some different opinions, some questions thrown at Bill. The people who uh, were on the Zoom call were Edwin Ixta, Will Tarico, John Lee, and Kevin Scarpio. And again, they've they've written in questions before. They're very loyal listeners on the Wednesday episodes, uh, specifically, but very big fans of the show, and we really appreciate their support. So it was fun having them on this Zoom call that you guys are going to hear to uh, chime in and, and offer some, uh, some questions up to me and Bill. Uh, and I would like to do it again. Uh, if, if anyone is interested or you kind of liked what you heard today, it doesn't have to be with Bill Barnes, but although, you know, he, he's pretty entertaining and I think a lot of people are intrigued by him. So that's kind of why we did it. So anyway, if, if you're interested or whatever in, in what you hear today, be sure to let me know. And for those of you guys that I just mentioned who are on the Zoom call, hey, great job. And I would love to do it again with you should we uh, we, we be able to uh, schedule it and make it happen again. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we just kind of threw it together. Didn't have a huge format or anything. So uh, it's a fun conversation, and I hope everyone enjoys it as much as I did in participating with it. And we'll have to have each of those guys individually on the show again sometime here in the very near future. So that's the plan for today. You guys are going to hear a fun conversation with Bill. Uh, he's, he's always a blast, a treat, a treat to talk with. And uh, you'll get some, uh, some assistance from those other guys who were chimed in on the call as well. So we'll get to that in just a second. Um, I told you about Friday, our, our new, uh, or the new year show that is already recorded with Valerie Burns. That should be a blast. Uh, and, and one thing I want to mention here, you know, I don't understand why in football head coaches are held accountable for everything. I mean, I do understand that, but, but where I'm going with it is that they are held accountable for every little thing that happens, right? Quarterback gets injured. A team goes, uh, four and 12. Well, head coach's fault. Um, some crazy, I don't, I, I don't know. The, the team loses, uh, 
seven one-point games or whatever. It's the coach's fault, whatever. And so in sports, we do that. We hold the leadership accountable for behavior. Yet around our country, it does not seem we hold mayors or governors accountable at all. We just keep electing them to bad policies. And if you look around, I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to, to look this stuff up. Look around at cities. Look around at, at states with some of the most violent crime. Look around at the states and cities that uh, want to do away with police. I, I don't think it's, it's crazy to, to see that, oh, there's a lot of crime. There's a, there's a lot of crime that goes on. There's a lot of violence that goes on. And you ask yourself why that is, and it's just no one ever points at the top. Well, these are the policies of the governor and the mayor. Very interesting. We have this selective like uh, programming in our brains as a, as a country, as a society. I don't care what your politics are. Let's say let's say you're you're a very uh, left leaning person, staunch Democrat, whatever. And you know you 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 believe in most of the social issues that most people on the le- on the left do most liberals do yet you look at policies that are in place in in the, some of the leadership of democrats and you don't question it you're just like man i, I know i i'm really uh, i'm really you know gay marriage is really important to me but the way we're running these cities into the ground is ridiculous so it's almost like you you join someone's team just because they they have a letter next to you the same letter as you, the D or the R is what I'm seeing. I'm not saying Republican cities or states are perfect by any means, but when you look at the the stats and where the problems are, it's overwhelmingly run by Democrats, overwhelmingly run uh, by the with a liberal stick, if you will. I mean, California, you can't you, the policies here are atrocious. I say it almost every show. You hear, you'll hear from John Lee today. He'll talk about Oregon. I mean, the left coast is uh, is getting worse and worse. And when you attack the police, you're going to see a spike in violent crime. What, what do you know? And, and on that note, I want to applaud the Nashville Police Department. I don't know if it goes by a different name, Nashville Metro or whatever. You know, shame on me for not knowing. But I want to applaud them. I did not mention this on Monday with my brother Sam. But... The bravery and the quick acting uh, of the police officers in Nashville to 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 uh, act when they knew there was a bomb situation saved lives. And I've watched some body cam footage. I'm going to try to put it out for you guys. Um, I mean, you got to think about it. It's Christmas morning for these officers, and they're out there working, and probably not what they wanted to have to deal with on Christmas morning. While it was dark, the sun wasn't up yet. It was a bomb threat that was, in fact, not a threat. It was real. So I applaud the the, the police. And uh, you know what? I don't know if the NFL players who were taking knees, um, in protesting all this uh, police action violence, I don't know if they were like right behind these cops in the morning. Like they, they were on their way to help as well. I'm not sure of that. I can't confirm that or, you know, I don't know if, if all these athletes who are speaking out on police and their actions, I don't know if they were up early and heard about a bomb threat, if they rushed to help other people. I don't, I don't know. I don't have, I haven't seen any footage, 
But I find it interesting that we, we talk down about police. We try to make them the problem. Yet when countless lives are saved, and if you watch this video that I'll post later with the body cam footage, you see there, there's, there's a little fear. There's, there's some deep breathing, but there's no, no one's hesitant at all. Police officers once again step up when needed. So think about that next time you see an athlete taking a knee or, or saying how awful the cops are. And unfortunately, we have to have a, a, a traumatic event such as a bombing on Christmas morning to really understand and appreciate how important police officers are. It's unfortunate. It's so sad that, that we have to see that to embrace how great these people are. I'm so sick and tired of uh, police being the enemy. They're not your enemy. They're not your enemy. No one ran in there saying, oh, hey, what's the, what's the race or religion of the people we're trying to save right now? No, no, they didn't do that. So those are my two cents on that. I, I might talk a little bit more about it as more and more comes out. But God bless all the police, especially the ones in Nashville on uh, Christmas morning for acting quickly and uh, not just saving lives, but being there for people who were distraught coming out of their homes or apartments or whatever it was, uh, just wide-eyed, having no idea what just happened and for comforting them and giving them direction. So all you athletes out there making lots of money in your nice, warm, expensive homes, um, you know what? Shame on you once again. Shame on all of you. And uh, God bless the police out there for doing what no one else could do or would do. So as 2020 comes to a close for our podcast, I've been firm all year about it uh, in regards to a lot of the different distractions and attacks on police. Um, I'm so thankful we have them. And if you defund one cent from the police or you want uh, less police out there, you are in favor of more crime. You're in favor of the death and destruction we have seen in a lot of these cities and states that I previously just mentioned. And if I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't mention any specific states, maybe California a little bit, but uh, why don't you go look up, look up some of those numbers, guys. I, I bet you uh, most of them would be uh, with, with, the, with the most violent out there, most violence out there and crime would probably be places where uh, there's a certain uh, consistent theme amongst the leadership. And I'll let you guys figure the rest of that out. Anyway, let's get to our roundtable with Bill Barnes and his most loyal listeners, four of them anyway, as uh, it's a special edition of the weekly Wednesday weigh-in, our final show of 2020, guys. I uh, hope you're ready for it. It's been a long year and it's coming to a close, but we will always have Bill Barnes with us on Wednesdays. And today he's accompanied by, uh, again, a crew of his own. I hope you guys enjoy this. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I will be back after the interview to fill you in with some more information about upcoming shows. (music) 
It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, we have another first for the Get Home Safe podcast. We are recording with Bill Barnes and a few others from all over the globe. We have a Zoom call here. A few loyal listeners are ready to uh, listen to Bill Barnes and ask him a few questions. Let me introduce our panel. First of all, we have Kevin Scarpio from up in the high desert in California. Hello, Kevin's. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Doing well, Kevin's. Thank you for joining us. We are also joined by Edwin Ixta. Hey there, Edwin. Hello, hello. Go Seahawks. Go Seahawks. <laughs> Rocking the Seahawks shirt. Good for you. Good for you. Strike while the iron's hot. Good for them. Uh, speaking of the Pacific Northwest, we are joined by John Lee, way up in Oregon. John, are you there? Put the weights down. Stop lifting the weights, John. Hang on. Okay. My internet connection just went down. All good. We can hear you, brother. There he I'm, is. I gotta get to where my internet connection is good. Okay. All can you good. hear me now? We can hear you just yeah, great. You uh, All and, right. And glad to be we, here. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. And then we're also joined by Will Tarico, Coach Tarico. And uh, hello, Will. Hey, Matt. Awesome. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, Bill Barnes, you've requested it many times. We got an audience for you. We got uh, probably the, the only four people that tune in for you on Wednesdays. We're recording on Sunday night. This will be Wednesday's episode. Bill Barnes, what do you make of this big audience you have here? Well, I'm, I'm completely humbled beyond all uh, you know, imagination. I mean, I've got you know, five five human beings that have taken time out of their busy days to tune in and look at my ugly face. Um, so I am absolutely thrilled to, uh, you know, have some friends and be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few here and there. So uh, a big, a big step here for the get home safe podcast and guys uh, I know you're here to just listen, but you're also here to participate. So if you have a question uh, by all means step in, I will do my best to uh, bounce around the room uh bill i guess before we jump into anything what are your thoughts today bill on sunday evening a few days after christmas uh how is everything well it's the same as it was before christmas nothing's changed much (laughs) Um, understood (laughs) you know uh just uh business as usual i suppose which consists of not doing a whole lot yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know you're you're the working man now, so you had a top secret mission in your security job you had uh, recently after Christmas. And uh, did any of it involve like delivering presents or anything? Absolutely not. <laughs> the cheer, the cheery, <laughs> the cheery no. stuff as always. Well, uh, well, Bill, I texted you a question that Edwin sent in beforehand, and uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Edwin. Uh, he finished the whistleblower podcast, which I know you listen to. And for those who have not heard it, it's that NBA betting scandal thing with Tim Donahue, uh, 10 part mini podcast. Uh, 
First of all, Edwin, are you there? What were your overall thoughts on that podcast? And then Bill, I'll let you kind of talk about it as well after that. Yeah, it was uh, really well done. And uh, the first time you recommended it, you know, you kind of mentioned how some things might just be sound a little bit outlandish, but man, if just a small percentage of any of that is true, that's still uh, a huge, huge problem for the NBA and just sports as, as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's really well done. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Well, well, Bill, you, uh, you dove into it and uh, you listened to a few episodes and you texted me and said, man, this is, this is really cool. So what were your thoughts on that uh, podcast? Well, um, I really liked, I thought it was really well done. The uh, Livingston guy went to great lengths to interview just about everybody involved. Um, I was impressed with uh, Donaghy's, uh, I'm assuming he was pretty much open with everything, um, even the FBI agent who interviewed him and uh, was pretty convinced that he was telling the truth and that everything was on the table. Um, I'm not surprised at all that David Stern was the snitch to the uh, New York writer to cover you know, cover the NBA's ass and just, you know, um, control the bleeding, so to speak, you know, make Donaghy the, uh, the scapegoat. And that thing was not going to go to court because I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what to think really on the other, on some of the other officials, whether they were in the bag with it or not. Um, I don't, if they were, I'm sure the NBA has told them, you know, that's your one freebie. <laughs> don't do it anymore. Because, you know, here's the thing. Years ago, I don't know if you remember, they were all dirty on uh, cashing in their first class plane tickets, flying coach and, and, and keeping the money and not reporting it to the, uh, to the uh, uh, IRS. So at what point, what line do you cross in cheating? Mm-hmm. No, you know, if, if you're going to do that, you know, I don't think, I don't think Donaghy or the, any of these other guys, you know, were, were actively trying to sway a game with a call. That's just not that it's, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. However, I do believe they were probably telling their friends, Hey, um, you know, the, the spreads nine, um, you know, and, and all those games, they always go right down. A team could be up 25 points in the fourth quarter, and it always seems that the point spread comes into play on each game. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. So it it's, it's, you- it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip on who you're going to take. It, it makes you think big time. And, Bill, I want to ask you from a law enforcement perspective, how many times in your career was there – I mean, because there's definitely smoke here. There's definitely a smoking gun or, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire – potentially how many times when you're in law enforcement did you have that like okay i think there might be something here did it usually was it usually the case you know trusting your gut or kind of hearing yes you know 99.99.99 percent of the time if if my gut instinct told me something was something was dirty uh it it, it had some stink to it Mm -hmm. it really did um my gut my gut instinct tells me that there were other officials that were probably in on this as well, besides Donaghy. And he was the guy who was on the, on the, the uh, wiretap that came up dirty on it. 
So, you know, um, I, 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 know, I mean, to the extent of who, who knows? I mean, the NBA officials are kind of a, you know, a pretty tight group. And like any other officials on the road, when he was talking about them, you know, chasing women and, and, and getting liquored up, that's just a, that's just part of the whole, the whole uh, right to passage to be an official <laughs> at yeah. that level. Yeah. You know? You're yeah. going to drink, you're on the road, you're away from the wife. Hey, you know, that's just the thrill of the chase that's involved in a, in a high, um, you know, um, exciting life like that you know it's uh, you're gonna it's it's gonna happen whether you like it or not it's gonna happen i'll say this if you don't go in kind of with a game plan and i was nowhere near an nba official but i traveled the road and everything but if you don't kind of go in with an attitude of okay i need some guidelines i need <laughs> i need to tread lightly or watch myself if you don't have that you can get swallowed up by the road real quick no matter what you're doing but especially <clears throat> officiating because it's a lonely life well, out there yeah i mean yeah, I mean, what we did, Matt, or at least in, in college baseball, you know, we travel a bit. And when I was younger, you know, I had no game plan. I, I was a, a lunatic out of control. You know, <laughs> I was chasing everything that uh, could be chased and drinking everything that could be drank. But as you get older, you know, you kind of mellow out a little bit. And, and towards the end of my career, I was to the point where, hey, I'm not going to chase. But if they but if they fall in my lap, I'm not going to shoo them away. <laughs> You're terrible. John Lee has a comment or a question. Yeah, I got a question for, for you two guys have, you know, when you guys were doing that out on the road, were you ever approached or tempted uh, with any sort of, you know, point, you know, any, any sort of a uh, negative uh, things that would affect your officiating from, from a particular team or coach or anything of that nature? Uh, Bill, I'll answer first, um, if you have something, uh, too, but, but I, I was never approached any gambling or anything like that. Um, but there was a few times where you run into players or specifically coaches, coaches would come up, Hey, how's it going? Hey, what are you guys having a drink? Or, Hey, let me, uh, and you have to, again, have a plan beforehand. Hey, if we run into someone, it's probably best we leave or cause only bad things can happen. All it takes is some person to be like, Oh, I saw those two guys with one of the coaches last night. And then a close call comes up the next day and there could be an issue. Right. So I think in my experiences, it didn't happen a lot, but the few times it did happen, it was you're courteous. Uh, hey man, no thanks. Or whatever the case was. And you kind of tried to get away from them. Not, not be a jerk. Uh, Bill's a little more social probably than I was, but that that's how I, I dealt with kind of those situations. Cause a lot of times you're in small towns and there's not only so many places to go. Everyone usually knows who you are. Uh, I mean, that's my experience. Bill, Bill, what do you think? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, oftentimes, especially in a small, you go up to like, um, <clears throat> uh, what was that? What was that city in Colorado where Colorado, Northern Colorado was? Oh, uh, green, greenly. Greenlee. There's not many places to go in that town. <laughs> and you're going to run into the visiting team. They're out to dinner the same place you are. Um, half the time, the players don't recognize you. Yeah. The players do not recognize you <laughs> because you're not in your uniform. The coaches, however, they know who you are. And they'll, they'll wave and smile and they'll send a drink over and you wave and smile back and say thank you. And, you know, you if you do talk, it's in passing and it's very, very, very benign, such as... Uh, Hey, where are you at next weekend? 
yeah. you know, nothing about the game, nothing about tomorrow's game. Um, it, it's strictly as two people who barely know each other are exchanging pleasantries. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, as far as gamblers and stuff, no, I've never been, I've never been approached to say, hey, <laughs> um, the third batter of the third inning, I want you to call him out on three strikes, three balls. I don't care where they're at. And <laughs> no. uh, I'll pay you, you know, a, a cut of what I'm going to get. That's never, ever, ever happened. Um, I've, I've had friends of mine, like, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, well, what do you think of this guy's pitching? You know, you know, they'll try to try to, you know, yeah. pick your brain on if, if they're that good or, or if they're that bad or a hitter, but I've never been asked to, you know, to put action on something one way or the other. I mean, I, I get shit screwed up on my own. I, I, I can't, I screw it up to get paid for it too. So. Which like you mentioned, Bill, a lot of times, you know, smaller towns, visiting team in particular, sometimes we're even in the same hotel. Like we don't try to do that. It just happens because there's only so many hotels and everything kind of matters. You know, uh, you know, what time you go down to get some continental breakfast or whatever, like you always got to carry yourself like someone's watching. I think uh, as as Bill, Bill, by the way, you're on with all Real Hondo prep graduates here, by the way, uh, I think. Well, Real I'm, Hondo I Hey, I'm, I'm in a special place right now. Yes, Holy you are. Smokes. Yes, Go you cares. Are. Go cares I'm, I'm, amongst, I'm amongst the very best right now. <laughs> but Real just, talk. Yeah, but you go to Real Hondo Prep, you know, kind of all the training and lessons, like always carry yourself like someone's watching. And that was something as far as umpiring or officiating. Yeah, 100%. Because people do know who you are, even if it is, uh, you know, a, a whack baseball series or, or an NBA uh, a basketball game. I mean, uh, it's crazy stuff. And, uh, and Edwin wrote in a question regarding that podcast. Again, I don't know how many people have listened to it, but, but I, I checked it out and it was awesome. It was crazy. Um, but Edwin's question and, and Edwin, you can follow up if you like. Uh, he said, uh, as mentioned on the podcast, referees are human. They make mistakes and can be influenced or caught up in the moment. Wouldn't the use of technology and electronic officiating make sports better? I always think back to the Jim Joyce and the missed call of a perfect game. Seems like baseball would be the first sport to go in all electronic because it's so black and white. Other sports, not so much. Uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Bill Barnes, what are your thoughts on uh, cyber umpires, cyber officiating? And guys, I'll let you chime in anytime you want as well. <clears throat> well, it's, 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 here i mean with replay and um out safes fairs fouls balls leaving the yard i mean it's here um as far as a uh automated plate umpire it's close i mean they tried it i believe in the atlantic league they tried it in um was it double a or triple a and it was somewhat um you know the computer is not going to have any type of of uh, softness on how the how how the catch on how the pitch is caught. Mm -hmm. If a catcher butchers a pitch, you're still going to call that a strike because it's black and white. And it's in the it's in that uh, frame. However, as human beings, if a catcher completely screws up a pitch and takes a good pitch and makes it bad, nine times out of ten, the umpire is not going to grant that as a strike. So what the play, if they want to go that way, the players and the managers and the coaches are going to have to realize that there is no gray area with that. 
And if it crosses the knees and it bounces in the dirt, by the time it's caught, it's a strike. You can't bitch about it. Yeah. Um, I personally, I like the, the human element involved in professional sports. I like the human element. I would hate to see sports go to, you know, um, an automatic or a, a uh, computerized officiating. Uh, but that's just me. You know, I'm old school. I'm older. I grew up that way. I enjoyed arguments between managers and and uh, <clears throat> and umpires. I enjoy that. I enjoy watching that. I think it's part of the game. It's exciting. Um, you take that away, and it's just going to be. I mean, they say baseball's boring anyway. You take <laughs> that away, it becomes even more boring. So, with that said, I'm I I I think if it would be great if you're like a I mean, if you're, if your livelihood depends on professional sports and you get that bailout system of a uh, computer helping you with calls, great. But to the true fan like me now, I like, I like the, the uh, human element. I've always said this about replay technology. I think it's there for the egregious, egregious. Now what's egregious? What the egregious miss uh, the egregious the Jim, was Jim. The, the egregious Jim Joyce was Jim. Play. Jim Joyce play. Absolutely. Yeah. Not. Hey, did they hit the spot by an inch? Or you know, I, I don't know all the other things out there. But like, you see plays re- replayed now, and you're like, really? This is really what we had to get into this for? I mean, a play at, at first base in the sixth inning when it's five run game. I don't know. So Edwin, did you have a follow up to kind of your your questions or your comments? I mean, uh, with your original question. Now, I agree. I prefer the human element, and I think umpires and referees, for the most part, do a great job. And from personal experience, you know, Matt and his guys, the ones that work our games, top-notch, you know, <laughs> they don't miss any calls. And, uh, you know, your friend your friend Devin can vouch for that. Um, <clears throat> but I can't remember what catcher, what ball team, um, baseball, where the catchers now are trained to have their glove below the strike zone. And then on low strikes outside the box, you know, they're trained to, you know, catch it and kind of, you know, move their glove up. And there's, they are getting a lot of low balls being called as strikes. And I don't know if, I can't remember if, if major league baseball addressed this or not, but you know, you saw every catcher doing it and a lot of pitchers getting, getting away with low, low pitches. And, uh, you know, they mentioned on that podcast that it's going to be coming within the next five years. I, I think something, I think in baseball, I could, you know, totally see it happen. You have one umpire in the middle of the field care youth league style, you know, and he gets the thumbs up, thumbs down or green light, red light from, from the press box uh, on, on his calls. Um, but something like a strike zone, you know, you can make it black and white with an electronically. Oh yeah. I, so, I hear you. I hear you. And it's just kind of like, where does it end? Okay, who calls the hit by pitch? That did it hit the knob, or, the, or do you go to replay for that? Did, uh, Bach, uh, about how about a batter calling time? Is a robot going to grant the batter time? You know, there's so many more things. People just look at the black and white of it and don't think about all the little things that happen in and at bat. You know, a hitter trying to figure out the hitters talk to umpires every at bat, almost every pitch. I mean, hey, did, did, was that the corner? Was that the widest? Every time they fell enough, hey, was that in the zone? They don't have a robot to talk to. Sometimes they just want answers because they're-, they're- I, I, I want the robot to make decisions on when to pull the team on a rain delay. 
<laughs> yeah. Start short circuiting. I think that's when you get off the field. Right. There you go. <clears throat> yes, sir, Kevin's. I mean, there's a good point to that, Bill. I mean, I hate to tie it into police work, but you know, the law enforcement's under a lot of scrutiny these days too. It's like, how okay? There's mistakes made there, but do you not want real people out there doing the things? Do you know policing as it is because mistakes are made when? Maybe the majority of it is not a problem. We need them kind of a thing. Like, I mean, what happened in Nashville the other day, right? I mean, some cops ran in there and, and saved a few lives, apparently. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I stand with with replay. And, Bill, I don't know if you have any comments there to follow up. No, uh, I think we, we pretty much hit cool. it pretty hard as far as um, it has good and bad. But I think the majority of us do like the human element. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm probably going over philosophical here, but I think part of it is a, a societal push of uh, the emphasis on fairness and everybody getting the exact everything perfect. And there's this expectation of perfection across the board when really the, the push should be excellence. And I think when you have excellence in human form, and then you augment that like we currently have with the technology, then you're bumping up on perfection at that point. If you take away the human ele element, you're taking away all the nuance, you're taking away all of the, uh, you know, like you were saying where they're, the batters are talking, you know, to who's behind the plate, you know, that kind of stuff you, you can't replicate with technology which means the game itself fundamentally changes at that point. No, that's a very good point, John. And, and you take it, take it one step further. Let's take it out of officiating. I mean, you, you're, uh, if I remember correctly, you know, you, you run a trucking company or a manager of some type, uh, Kevin, you're, you're a head athletic trainer at your school. Edwin, you're a teacher. Uh, Will, you're kind of uh, you know, man of uh, many hats at real Hondo prep, uh, if I remember correctly. And, you know, take, take those things, into your guys's lives like how often do you guys come across perfection in your daily basis not even with yourselves but the people you're working with it's not really realistic right no not not even remotely and it's it's one of the things that um you know in in, in my world with trucking you know you, you can you can put a formula together to figure out okay we got this many hours to get this many loads to these many places but the reality is there is so much nuance because of the human element that the goal, again, the goal can never be perfection because perfection is never attainable. The goal should just be excellence, pursue excellence and the rest will work itself out. I do like that. Kevin's will you know, any, any you know, comments? Oh, go yeah, ahead. John, John, um, you know, part of the work that I do now is we do a lot of, of uh, <clears throat> we escort a lot of, uh, you know, both big rigs, bobtails, 18 wheelers. We do a lot of escorting of, um, of, uh, of, uh, you know, very, very. The oversized. Pardon? The over, the oversized type loads or the, the high dollar loads. High dollar. High dollar. Gotcha. And I have a new appreciation for truckers. I always thought they were just slobs that <laughs> fucked up the roads and, and made it miserable for everybody <laughs> to drive on the freeway. But let me tell you something, after working with them and seeing the challenges that they have and just filling out that damn logbook, 
Yes. Cal oh my God. California. What is wrong with California? Everything. Oh, everything. <laughs> it's it's a rudderless ship. It's ready yeah. to just. It's it's a mess. And I'll tell you, man, uh, I have a new appreciation for truckers now, truck drivers, the people that that run the trucking firms, the logistics involved is is incredible. The amount yeah. of sleep that you don't get. Yep. You know, you you drive all night and then you go park somewhere, like on an off ramp where you're totally out there for some other big guy, big truck to hit you and you're trying to sleep. Holy smokes. Yeah. Go yeah. get a room. <laughs> yeah. Because in part, part of that, you know, and that's one of the issues when you, when you look at the, the rules and regulations with that kind of stuff, they, you know, a guy's, a guy will have 15 minutes to go to get to a truck stop to where he can get a legitimate parking spot, get legitimate sleep, but his logbook just ticked off yes he can't drive a second further otherwise if there's an accident if some if somebody else runs a red light mm -hmm. and it's him he is at fault right because he has overstepped his bounds within his logbook and right. he's 15 minutes away from the rest stop you know part part of our fleet of vehicles we usually follow you guys in a uh, suv of some type two of us we do all night runs here there and everywhere but if the load isn't big enough we have to drive a, I believe it's, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, what do they call them? Bobtail or beaver tail yeah. or what, what? Yeah. And I have, it's no fun driving that thing. Okay. I was a cop and an umpire. I was never a trucker or a warehouse. <laughs> okay. And now all of a sudden I'm thrown into this mix and it's like, holy smokes, man. How do these guys do it? It's a and, different world air brakes and all that. I'm thinking, holy Jesus, what am I doing? You know, three o'clock in the morning on I-5 and I'm trying to stay awake. What am I doing? Yeah. You know, but anyway, my, I yeah. salute you guys. You guys do a great job and I really salute you. And, um, you know, if you haven't driven the I-5 at three o'clock in the morning when there's nothing but big rigs, nothing <laughs> yeah. but yeah. on the grapevine then then you haven't lived <laughs> it, it is a subculture it's it's an interesting culture but it, it is a legit um subculture of individuals then and, and the ones that do it well they were they were born to do it mm -hmm. and they're good yeah. at it yeah i don't do it well i was not born to do it i'm, just, <laughs> I'm really good i'm really good in the suv following i'm right. not worth a shit driving and i'll be the first one to tell you Oh man, alive. Well, uh, guys, we got, uh, come on a big audience out there. I know most of you just listening, but anybody have any questions for the one and only bill Barnes? I, I always pester you guys during the week to send something in and, uh, you got him right here. Ask bill anything you want. He, he probably won't give you, uh, too many words of wisdom, but he will, uh, you know, manipulate his, his answers. How can I give, how can I give any words of wisdom to, um, to, to the charter, Oak, uh, what's it called oh. again rondo prep man okay royal hondo prep uh you know <laughs> <Roy> graduates <laughs> hey it, it, it was a long night last night i had one too many cocktails it's 24 hours later and i'm still feeling it so bear with me bear with me <laughs> you're an old man now bill i oh i really i truly am i've got no business no business staying out past eight o'clock at night i have no business drinking more than two cocktails and i have no business um 
you know, trying to live any other type of crazy lifestyle that I once was able to do. <laughs> you are a wild man. Wild man indeed. Uh, anyway, anyone, anyone? We got crickets out there, just crickets. <laughs> All right, I'll go for one. Kevin's Carpio yeah. from the high desert. Go ahead. All right, so Matt actually sent me the video of the restaurant owner um, in Covina. Did you get a chance to look at that, Bill? You know, I did. I, I didn't see the I, – I saw the, the, the first part of it, mm-hmm. and something came up, and I didn't see the end of it. Uh, give, me the re- give, re- give me the Reader's Digest version on how this ended. <laughs> and that, it just kind of ended with him just kind of talking, trying to support his group, kind of saying, you know, if you're shutting me down, how am I supposed to pay my bills and all that? My thing was – my question really is from the perspective of the police officer. I mean, you go into that situation, you're like, yeah, dude, you're right. Like, how do you – go into that situation with trying to keep away your own principles and feelings of, I'm sure you feel like, yeah, go ahead, open up, you know, let everyone in. You got to you got to make your bills. You got to pay, you know, your employees, you got, especially around the holidays. Um, But as a police officer, how do you enforce a law that if you agree with, or don't agree with, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's a job that police should be enforcing. I think that's a health department job. Um, the only thing the cops were there for, or I would have been there for, is to not blockade a car. That is a Correct. crime. Okay. Correct. You know what? I'm not going to make any judgment on how you run your business. The uh, health people are here to do what they got to do. I'm here to keep the peace and keep the peace only. I'm not going to be writing any tickets. Um, however, you're going to need, just as a matter of, of law, you're going to need to move your car. Okay. Because what you're doing, from what I understand, it was a blockade with his vehicle. Correct. Okay. Technically, that is that is a violation, and if push comes to shove, we'll have to take action on that. Um, I firmly believe that the police, any type of law enforcement, and there are sheriffs out there. Um, the police chiefs won't say this because they are bound by city council and the mayors to keep their job. They have no civil service protection anymore. Police chiefs are at the at the are are at the the will of. <clears throat> the uh, city council and mayors. So you're not going to see a city chief saying, I am not going to uh, enforce these ridiculous laws. You'll see sheriffs say it because they're, they're elected by the, by the public and they have protection. Sheriffs like the one in Riverside County, the one in Orange County, they all said, Hey, we're not going to enforce these ridiculous Gavin Newsom rules. So that's good. Um, I don't think there's a cop out there that wants to see someone's someone lose their business, someone lose their 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 uh, right to remain open and for people to enter at their own risk. Um, it, my personal belief: this whole lockdown. I mean, we have the hardest, most strict lockdown in the country, and we lead in COVID cases and deaths in the country. So something's not working. Either we've got some really, really, really unhealthy people here. Or um, no one's paying attention to this shit anymore because we they tried it the first time. They brought in hospital ships and they built they built uh, overflow hospitals from old Sears buildings, and you know they basically you know they cried chicken little the first time, and now people aren't buying it. They're just going on with their life, and unfortunately, some folks are getting sick, really sick, and you know they're they're p- passing from this. I think a lot of this, the reason that there are um, ICU shortages, there's always ICU shortages. 
I remember I took my grandfather to the hospital 20 years ago. Well, we'll see if we can find a bed for him. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, there's a lot of people that have cancer. There's a lot of people that have heart disease that are tying up these ICU beds. You can't kick them out for a COVID patient. So yeah, it, it just, I mean, it, it, you can manipulate the numbers any way you want. You know, and you know, Bill. I really think that getting back to your question, the police are in a tough position and I'm hoping, I didn't see the end of the video, but I'm hoping they just were a good, were a good sounding board for this guy and nothing happened to him. Yeah. So from what I, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Yes. From what I saw, the end results was, you know, they, nothing really came about that day, but the um, health department kept coming out and they're keep, they mean, they're continuing to give him like citations for like little things. Um, so I don't think. Well, that's the, that's the role that yeah. you're going to take, Yeah, you know, if you're going to stay open and the, the, the restaurants know this, it's going to be cheaper in the long run to keep paying these citations than it is to not be open and not be able to pay your rent and not be able to, you know, pay your employees. Yeah. We have a, we have a restaurant here up in our area um, that has uh, opened back up as of about two weeks ago. And uh, that place is packed. It is the only place in the immediate area that's open and it is packed on a daily basis. And I, I may or may not have been there six times so far. <laughs> you know, I, I don't fault someone for not going to a restaurant. I don't fault someone for staying home and not wanting to go out. I don't fault them. And I don't fault someone like Matt, who's out every night looking for a bar hey, to, hey, hey. to frequent. You know, I don't fault those folks either. That's I'm delivering your... packages, Barnes. What are you doing? <laughs> well, anyway. I don't fault them either. Um, it's your right as a human being and your constitutional rights as an American to live that way. And if you're going to, you know, I mean, every time you get in your car and you drive on the freeway, there's a risk that some crazy trucker is going to run you down. Okay. <laughs> well, not employed by John. Right. right. There's, there's a, there's a risk in, 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 you know, going to bed at night. I mean, hell, I, I, I live kind of near Ontario airport. Some plane's going to get off, off of uh, its flight path and could crash into my bedroom. Who knows? I mean, that's just life. I mean, obviously the odds are pretty, pretty small on that, but, but still, I mean, you know, that's just, you know, you're, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. You know, Bill, I was, I was, when you were talking about ICU being filled up at certain times of the year, um, this was about a year ago. Uh, maybe a little bit more than a year. I, I had a, a pretty severe cold. Um, uh, symptoms wise, it was all COVID symptoms, which was interesting, uh, but it wasn't here yet at that point, apparently, because um, this was before all of this took off uh, by about five, six months, but it was all the same symptoms. I ended up in the hospital um, I actually had seizures because of it, because I was dehydrated and temperature was high and all that, had seizures, went into emergency, and uh, my first night there was in, I don't even know what it was, but it wasn't a room. I was not in, in a room. I was in like a, where they bring people in initially and are doing triage or whatever it is. I don't know, but, um, 
but there was no chairs in the room, no nothing. My wife slept in that room in a fold-out chair because ICU was filled at that time. So it's, right. it's just a reality. Right. Right. Yeah. That that everybody I've talked to says that you know ICU is always full. They don't make enough ICU beds. Period. Right. For when things are normal. And mm -hmm. that's where I'm kind of with the healthcare professionals. Like, stop. You know, pushing this narrative. You know, wear your mask. You know, wash your hands. You know, only use your left hand when you're doing things. I don't care what it is. But the hospitals and the nurses, the doctors need to step them like, hey, we're set up for failure on this. You said, you know, a year ago, or, you know, when flu season comes around, like we're ICUs packed all the time. It's not necessarily, it's the hospital systems that are set up for failure and that, you know, right. you know, let's once again, continue to scare people like, oh, there's no beds left. I'm like, no, this is every year. <laughs> so stop using that as an excuse to continue to, you know, push this on people. Does anyone out there, any of you guys have relatives or friends or uh, spouses or anything like that in the medical field, nurses or anybody, anybody, any of you guys, Yeah, Kevin's you do. I got friends. Okay. Yeah. So, and they're the ones that kind of, some of them are drinking the Kool-Aid. He's like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid of, you know, saying, you know, ICUs are filled, you know, stay home. Don't, you know, what are you doing? I mean, I've had friends reach out. It's like, Oh, so what are you doing this? You know, uh, for Christmas, told, told him, like, oh, just be careful because of this. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I'm still going to go see my family. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but my, uh, you know, my, my, yeah, my sister in law, yeah. my sister in law is a, uh, my brother's wife is a, uh, a nurse at St. Uh, at UC Irvine Medical Center in Orange. She just had her first round of uh, Pfizer shots. And she's saying that it's, you know, almost business as usual. Yeah, they're crowded, but it's like, you know, they're not overwhelmed. They're not running around crying and, 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 and going into a hysterical fit and, and, you know, you know, going into some crazy, you know, way of, of uh, going to the fetal position, sucking their thumb on the floor. They're, they're, they're dealing with it. Well, well, I heard this actually today from someone and they were like, oh, this is, a, it's all a hoax. It's just a, it's just a, you know, a, a tool of the Democratic Party. I'm like, no, 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 no. You sound like a lunatic when you say that. There may be overreactions. This thing is real. Now, based off of, okay, the survival rate, all these different things. But to say it's fake or some hoax, I don't think that's true. A case in point, Bill Barnes, you, you got the dang thing. I mean, and uh survive through it like most people do but i don't like when people are like oh this is fake because it's like it, it takes away it's like no well, i'll say this i'll say this i was diagnosed positive mm -hmm. okay i've had flus and i've had hangovers that were worse okay <laughs> um <laughs> granted there were times you know the night sweats and the fever that was tough i didn't much care for that i didn't like you know, I, I was dreaming about Viking women with swords coming at me and wanting to dismember me, you know, I mean, that was not pleasant. All right. That part was not pleasant. Yeah. However, uh, I never had a problem breathing. I never had a problem. Uh, I wasn't coughing up blood like a friend of mine who got it in March. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I guess it just affected people differently. Like I said, I'd had uh, throat surgery about 10 years ago and I, you know, it, it, I mean, I, I had a sore throat for three days. That was almost 
back when I got my tonsils out, it hurt so bad. So it, it attacks the weakest, most screwed up part of your body. And I'm just, I'm thankful that it was just my throat. I'm glad my kidneys and my, it didn't attack anything. So it kind of goes to show me that I guess I'm pretty, even though I'm a kind of an, you know, slightly overweight 61 year old fat guy, I could survive it. And your, vi nice. your vision is in question, or at least that's what coaches have told me <laughs> over the years. Yeah, right. I, I yeah. Here or there. Right. Has anyone else known anyone that's got it? Because Bill, honestly, I'm trying to think of all, I think you're the first person I knew that got it. Like I'm trying to, I, you and I talked about this on different podcasts. We've known a lot of people, a friends of a friend at least, or some but, uh, colleagues or whatever. And you're, you're the only person I know that got it. <clears throat> well, Maybe there's a few uh, more. Our, our mutual friend, Jerry Aldini, yeah. who's, a, who's probably about 150 pounds overweight. Um, he's got, he's, he's got, he had a broken neck, a bad shoulder. I mean, he's a walking uh, picture of bad health. And he got it the same time I did. And he, he was fine. And it shocks me that a guy that fat and that out of shape and that sickly all the time it, he's a he's a walking disaster was able to to um um bounce back so well well every time i hear so you know the experts or whatever like all this stuff about co it's like i don't know what to believe anymore because you hear it's like two steps forward and three back like every time well no we still got to be careful okay now we got to be extra careful now really careful and then restaurants close but yet walmarts are open it's like there's so many inconsistencies. I just can't wrap my head around it anymore. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm over it. Like, I'm not saying there's not a danger, but overall, is there really, if we really break it down, I know there's 300,000 deaths of people that died with COVID, not of it necessarily. And the survival rate is 90, you know, 14 million people have survived this thing or whatever. I'm not trying to make light of it, but do you guys speak freely here? I mean, do you guys feel we've dealt with this for almost a year now do you feel like there's this great threat out there so I'll, here's, my, here's, my, go, go ahead will. will so here's my thing i've had i've actually had three family members that i that i know who have gotten it and who have all been pretty serious cases okay so i know it's real i know it's out there i know it affects different people in different ways um but my thing is i mean especially california like we've just taken it to another level um, I don't think, I don't think it's as bad as California has made it out to be. Obviously with some people, it's going, it's going to affect you worse than others. But my problem is like just what California has done. And like the video you sent out is a perfect example. Like people can't have a business because California will not let you. Um, and I'm kind of just wondering like when, when is California basically going to flip? Because yeah, sure. We're democratic and we're, you know, all about governor Newsom, but when is that going to boil over? Kind of? Yeah. I feel yeah. like, I feel like people are just getting tired of it and it's, it's, it's going to affect the democratic party. And I, I almost kind of believe like within the next five to 10 years, like California is going to actually turn red, what, what, <laughs> which what? is, which, which I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in favor of obviously, but that's just what it feels like when I hear people who are so upset about this and, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's hard it's to believe. That, that would be hard to believe, but, but I hear what oh, you're no, saying. I don't, well, I, don't, I don't think it will, but so, the, when I hear people talk about it, that's almost what it sounds like from both sides of the, 
you know, from both sides of the spectrum. No, you're, well, you're, you're, you're the, right. The, Go ahead, John. The scary part is, the scary part is there's enough people out there who have bought into this. This is the worst disease that has ever entered planet Earth. And if we don't shut down, we're, it's going to be millions upon millions of people dying. And the people that are just so, it, it's almost a religious zeal at this point to where you cannot have a rational conversation with somebody about this whole situation. Because the, the, re, the reality is, yes, it's, it's here. It's here to stay. It's not going away. And more than likely, because it is a virus, everybody is going to get it at some point in time. That's reality. The problem is when, when you think about, you know, people say, um, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. The left portion of our society was prepared for this opportunity. And they had planted the seeds long beforehand. And so while you can, you can tell by their actions you know, you can you can look at the number of Democratic leadership that have not played it safe and abided by their own rules, which means they don't buy into it, that it's as dangerous as they say it is. But they're using the opportunity as a tool to gain leverage, to gain power, to gain control, to gain whatever it is that they're after. And that's that's one of the, the things that gnaws at me is what what is it that they're after aside from I, I, I say alter the landscape, but I think they're trying to create an entirely different landscape <laughs> in reality, um, which is scary. Um, but there's so many people that have bought into this fear that they they will, for lack of a better term, and I know this is probably way extreme, they will get into the train, they will get into the boxcar and head on down the road to the incineration camp. Wow. Wow. I know that's an extreme example, but, but that's, that's how far people have bought into this. No, no, there's they will there gladly get into the box car. Yeah. There is some definite truth to that when you see how people respond. And, you know, when, when I was studying in college uh, in, in journalism and everything, they always talked about headlines and what draws people in. Right. And if it bleeds, it leads, meaning if there's a violent act involved, people are going to tune in. Uh, you don't really write stories about, oh, this was a great, perfect day and everyone was happy. Journal The, the stories that sell are danger, fear, oh my God, like all these different things. That's what sells. That's what keeps stories going. And so how many times you go, you know, we all went to Mount Care and everything. We didn't want a nice, happy story. We all like scary stories, right? Think, think of our nature. <laughs> we wanted scary stories at camp. We didn't want to hear, oh, tell us about a cool story. Like, that's just, it's human nature. You, you thrive on this fear almost. And I think the media and the left has really kind of seen inside of us. Uh, Will, I have a quick question on your uh, follow-up question on what you said about your family members or those. Uh, first of all, how are they doing? You said it was pretty serious. And, and number two, did it change kind of their mindset or maybe even the mindset of the people around them as to the seriousness uh, uh, of this virus or some of the policies involved? I mean, kind of what was the aftermath of, of them kind of uh, getting it for them and the people around them? 
so I know the my aunt who got it back in March. She was in Seattle. I know she was in the hospital for like two or three months. Um, she's back at home. She still has like, you know, side effects that she feels. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how they changed the way they live, but I, I know that's that case. And then I had another one of my cousin's hus- my cousin's husband who was just recently in the hospital. Um, he got released. He's at home, like with an air tank still or whatever. Uh, but I think both at least, but those two that I know of, they have always been very cautious about it. So they've always, you know, wear masks, um, don't go where, you, don't go places you don't need to. So they haven't changed much uh, the way they live. But you know, they're as cautious as they were. They they still got it. Um, so I don't know how much it, you know, the afterwards it affected them. I, they're probably you know still being cautious about it. I think for me personally, it kind of hit home a little more. Like, hey, those are my family members that could, you know. That could happen to me. Um, now I'm I'm still doing everything the way I do it. Like it doesn't affect me uh, the way I see it. Except, you know, I wouldn't want to get it and then get my parents sick. Obviously, like if I get it, it I don't think I think I'll be fine. Um, there's a little more concern if, let's say, my parents get it. But other than that, I've been pretty much the same. Okay. No, it's interesting because again, Bill's the only guy I know who's who's had it and and I wanted to get his comments on it so it's yeah, like, I just wish my my odds of getting it were were you know I wish it could have been like playing the lotto or something <laughs> you know instead of getting the freaking covid I could have won a, a a lotto ticket but that's just me that's that's my luck I'm just always that guy you know <laughs> Well, you know, it is interesting, Bill. They didn't really. Well, maybe they did come out. Did they come out with the vaccine before or after you got it? They came out with the vaccine about um, two weeks after I recovered. See, I think you had had something to do with it. Right. I have an immunity now for another, they say, three to five months. So, you know, I I still do what I'm, I wear a mask. You know, I I just for social awareness and all that, I, I wear a mask. I'm not trying to buck the system. I think it's ridiculous. Sometimes I'll forget to, I'll forget it, and I have to walk back to the car and get it, and it's a pain in the ass. It really <laughs> is. But um, yeah, I, and I feel I'm one of those that's like, hey, you know, I'm certainly not going to um, like pretend that it doesn't exist because it sure does. You know, it's, it's out there. It's real. And, you know, I, I feel bad for like, <clears throat> for Will's family that got it or anybody that has it and, and you're putting a bad and, and you get it in a very bad case of it. Um, I was lucky, man, very lucky. And the majority of the folks are, um, there's, I think a whole shift at Riverside police department. Uh, uh Aldini's kid is one who has it now. Really? And they're, those guys, they're still working out. They're pissed that they can't work. They're mad because they want to, you know, they're kind of asymptomatic and they want to go to work, you know, because they're young cops and they want to get on the street and save the world. And they're, they're, I get told, like I tell Kyle, I said, you know, Kyle, the first time you get a beef and it goes against you, you're going to, you're, you're going to change your whole attitude. You're going to, you're going to be one of those guys sitting under a shade tree, not doing jack shit. Okay. <laughs> Just wait. And, you know, he's still gung-ho and he wants to go out and arrest everybody. And, and that's great. That's great. Well, he picked, but, quite, a, he picked quite a year to, uh, to start his uh, career. 
He's been wearing a, yeah, he's been wearing a, a bandana around his face his entire career. You know, <laughs> I said, dude, I go, how's it going to be when this, th when and if this thing ever clears, you're going to, you're not going to be able to hide behind your, your mask anymore. You know, you're not, you're not going to be, you know, a, a bandit, the bandit cop, like you all, all, all you guys are, you know, but um, anyway, Bill, Bill, so were you it's, at it's, it's, it's why it is widespread. It really is. It's out yeah. there. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I don't know when it dies out or herd immunity or vaccines or whatever. I just know it'd sure be nice if it was sometime soon. So we could just move on and stop having these, these arguments. You're, you're dead right, John, when you talk about it has become a religion for some people, much like a lot of other subject matter. Uh, the, people worship certain things and people love causes. And yep. it's, it's usually people uh, who don't have some type of faith. They need something else to worship. And it, uh, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to be the mo most religious person in the world either to be like, uh, you guys are worshiping something that shouldn't be worshiped or, or need to be. You need some other fulfillment in your life, like a hobby, you know, Bill, you're always talking about hobbies or, I mean, you're not a golfer, but some people golf, some people do other, you, you got to find something that gives you meaning instead of just complaining all the time. Right, Bill? Right. Right. You know, I, I would really like it when we can quit doing these damn Zoom meetings and actually meet in person. You know, I mean, the only real benefit to these Zoom meetings, I can sit here with a, with a T-shirt on and not wear any pants at all. You know, <laughs> whereas, whereas if I try that in public, you know, they would frown upon it. Bill, but, Bill, uh, Bill, do you realize that the people we have on the screen here, do you realize that they actually they they look forward to Wednesdays? They look forward to you, Bill. I, I feel so bad for them. We try to. I do too. If that's feel, all they got. That's all they look forward man. to. John Lee, John Lee up in Oregon starts his morning at five a.m. with you, Bill. Five a.m. Five a.m. Uh, Bill Barnes. John. But you got the, the hard part is when the one-liners come when I'm mid-lift. That's not a good situation. <laughs> Kevin Scarpio. <laughs> yeah. Another, another, uh, another early riser. Uh, I started to put the show out later and both of these guys were like, Hey, where's the 5. AM uh, episode release? I'm like, I'm sorry, my bad. I'll get to it guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, kind of like, I, I'm, I'm very humbled and, and, and happy that I can, you know, there's somebody out there in the world that I can actually entertain and, and bring a smile to their face. Um, you know, like, uh, I wish I had this kind of luck with, with wives, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Or it just mean. shows what we don't got going on in our lives that we have to wake up at five in the morning and listen to your ugly face. Exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. Face for radio, as he often yeah. tells me. I can just Life picture is... John, John mid-squat and Bill and Bill drops some, some line yeah. about uh, juice boxes yeah. or yeah. something. and. Uh, Kevin's car. I'm gonna I'm gonna envision that on my next on the next show. I'm gonna be <laughs> thinking of you when I say something crass and stupid, and hopefully you're oh, you know you'll have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely have my uh, my safeties in place for the uh, the occasional. Okay, I I just need to drop this wave right now because. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, Kevin's and John, both of you, tell me right now. Um, since I think the other guys left the room for a second, but Kevin's and John, uh, Kevin's, you go first. What was your first, your very first, uh, when you heard Bill Barnes, what went through your mind? Were you like, who is this lunatic? Did it take a couple shows? Or what was your first impression of, uh, as, as John calls him, B2? 
<laughs> I think mine was just like, this guy's funny. Like you said, his one-liners, like the one that I can't get out of, you know, the one that comes to mind all the time was the one where you, you what, what was it? It's like, I don't know, you said something about fornicating sisters and <laughs> that one, that one's. <laughs> I think I think the text I got the next day was, hey, I heard Bill's episode. Thank goodness I don't have a sister. Because Bill was talking about coaching. Like, That's oh, right, yeah. Hey, with your blessing, could you mix in a tackle? Oh. God, I might have pushed the envelope a little hard on that. Dude, one. I go, Bill, we got like 98% real Hondo prep listeners, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> that that and I'm I'm all about the sexist comments too. Like I believe they belong in the kitchen and only spoken when sp- uh, only speak when spoken to. So Oh my goodness, you're terrible. <laughs> Wait, those are sexist? What? Well, <laughs> well, you know, it, it comes to you know, it kind of reminds me of the a deal, and I really hope none of your wives or girlfriends are within earshot of this. Okay. I hear footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> because she, um, she listens, so you're good. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, she loves Bill. Um, again, you know the, uh, you know what, what's I just found this out the other day. What, what's the first thing a woman does when she gets home from the domestic violence shelter? Oh no, the it's dishes if she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst. I think I told you that joke too. Oh man! But anyway, Edwin, Edwin Nixon, you're back with us. On that note, uh, what what was your first impression of this guy, Bill Barnes? You know, hey, Matt Ersma started this podcast. Okay, we'll, we'll give it a listen. And then this psychopathic uh, retired Riverside police officer shows up. What what was your thought on him uh, and his weekly appearance? Well, I I, I thought you needed it because you know. Uh, yeah. You had very serious, very professional guests. <laughs> no, not to say that you're not professional, Bill, but you know, I'm not professional. Uh, let's not let's they, not get carried away. Let's it, not. Get, it was a nice. <laughs> it was a nice, you know, midweek uh, uh, curveball on our on our way home. <laughs> like that, Bill Barnes, the curveball. Okay, John Lee, your turn. Uh, the loyal listener, you are Bill Barnes or B two, as you call him, Bill Squ- <laughs> B squared or whatever. So one of the, one of the things that I enjoy is the creativity when it comes to the name calling of the various public officials. <laughs> I was like, holy holy crap! Does this dude have the thesaurus out in front of him as he's going down and and reading these things off? It's impressive to some degree. <laughs> he, he he does get going. You wind him up and you let him go. Uh, Spineless jellyfish. Yeah, he just. Yeah, it's I know it's great. I'm like, oh, hold on, pause. I got to write that one down. That's a good one. <laughs> and Bill, on that note, I mean, how do you? Is this just years of experience of uh, of talking down superiors, or you know, where do these words come from? <laughs> well, you know, you get a little creative in 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 the the jobs that I had: police work, umpiring. Um, you 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 work with a lot of just complete smacked asses that you can have no respect for and and you can't understand why they're there and you need to vent you need to get it out if you keep it inside you're going to blow up you're going to have a stroke a heart attack or something (laughs) and i just i've always been one just to kind of let it go and believe me my sense of humor has gotten me in trouble once or twice (laughs) i i think i called a uh a female da a feminazi in her office one day and i think we that had that cost me 
that was the, that was one of the most costliest words I ever said in my life because it cost me a week on the beach. I got 40, 40 hours of uh, suspension time for that. They, they gave me a chance. He said, Bill, you need to apologize. I said, I'm not going to apologize. She is what she is. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and well, here's your 40 hours. Go have fun at Newport Beach. I'm not getting paid. You know, and it, the shitty part of it was it was like November. So the beach, the beach wasn't fun. It was it was cold and and windy. But anyway, no. So I've, I've learned, you know, I've said things that I probably shouldn't. And I've said things that I wish the moment it rolled off my tongue, I could have, you know, hit hit pause and and hit uh, rewind. But unfortunately, you don't have that in real life. And so, again, uh, now that I I mean, where I'm at now, what can they do to me? <laughs> Nobody can give me a 40 hour um, suspension. So I'm making up for lost ground. Well, you know? that's that's part of what I actually, actually that's part of what I enjoy about the show when you're on bill is you say things that I would like to say, <laughs> but I feel like, man, if I say that, you know, this could, this could cost me big time. And so I, I latch onto that and I'm, I'm halfway rooting going, yeah, give it to him again, give it him again. But uh, yeah. And, and believe me, I don't lash out at those that don't deserve it. Okay. <laughs> right. um, I, I firmly believe that Gavin, Gavin Newsom, Gil, um, Eric Garcetti, uh, that new DA in LA, uh, they they are complete, complete 100%. Can I give you Kate off. Brown? Can I give you huh? Kate Brown as well? Who's she? Where is she from? Governor up here in Oregon. Okay. She's yeah. Insane. Yes. Yes. She's oh, a absolutely. part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. They're all there. I mean, I don't know what their agenda is other than to, than to destroy the United States of America. To put it bluntly, what are they doing? <clears throat> I mean, for yeah. her to allow those riots in Portland to go on for day Ridiculous. after day, month after month. Ridiculous. Come on. I mean, yeah. I like, I've been to Portland. Portland's a beautiful town. Parts of it. I like Portland. And, yeah. and, and what they're doing is, is, is insane. Seattle, the same way. Seattle's a great town. You know, Los Angeles used to be, used to be a nice place in parts of it. Now there, it is a complete, it is a complete homeless uh, encampment throughout that whole city. I mean, when I drive on the 101 freeway under like Alameda and those big streets there in downtown, and I see those 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 homeless encampments on the overpass, I'm afraid some feces is going to fall off the off the uh, bridge <laughs> under my car. It's that bad. It is bad. Yeah, it's horrible. And that is yeah, all, that is all Eric Garcetti's fault. Well, that's yeah. leadership. That's leadership all the time. I, I mean, you, you <laughs> we say it all the time on the show, Bill, but like how, how take that, that issue in LA in Southern California or if in Portland, John, I mean that until you, you can't just ignore a problem forever and be like, Oh, well, we're dealing, we are going to deal with it. It's like, when does action take place? Empty promises forever. I mean, they don't change anything. I mean, at some point, you got to take action. Yeah, and I and I know up, up this direction, it's it's. I had the the joy and privilege of uh, being in a room. As I think there was nine of us there, along with uh, Kate Brown's chief of staff, uh, Nick Blosser, if I remember correctly, was his name, um, and. 
not that age should matter, but uh, age does matter uh, because there is life lived. But it was him and another 20-something um, explaining to those of us who have been in the trucking industry for 20, 30, some, a couple of guys for 40 years about how this new cap and trade thing that they're going to copy from California, thank you, California, how Oregon is going to copy this and how it's going to benefit the industry at large and everybody in the room and everybody that I've talked with across the OTA, the Oregon Trucking Association, this is going to devastate the trucking industry. The California version is already having its negative effect already. They've been trying to push it. Thankfully, the Republican representatives left the state so that they weren't allowed, were not able to vote on it. Um, but this individual sitting across the table, the 23-year-old, after our owner said, you know, this is going to devastate us. We're going to have to move out of state. This bright 23-year-old says, that's fine. Somebody else will just rise up and take your spot. <laughs> like it's that easy to wow. just start a multi-million dollar company overnight when we leave the state. And well, just it is when you, got, when you got George Soros paying the check to get these people fired up. Yeah, true. You know, and that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother bag of shit that we could get into, you know, is that guy. I mean, he's, you know, why can't someone find him and, 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 and kill him? <laughs> Here's my question. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying do it, but I'm just asking the question. Why can't someone find him? And if they wanted to, what is this guy? I mean, I mean, we, we can put, I mean, we've got intelligence throughout the you know the world where we can, you know, we can watch anybody we want to, you know, with a drone. Why can't we find this guy and slap some sense into him? Give him coke. Somebody <laughs> breathe on him. <laughs> Bill, you have a new job. Well, you're not contagious anymore. I was gonna say. I mean, if he if he walked up to my door right now, I'd shoot him right in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a violent man either. I'm really not. Yeah. You got, I wish you guys could have seen Bill on a baseball field. Uh, I I saw <laughs> first time I met him, he was like finishing up his, his police work. He was, he was done with it and he was taking out all his frustrations on the baseball field. I was like, I kind of <laughs> like this guy. And uh, here we are, Bill, all these years later, all these years later, the one and only Bill Barnes. Yeah. Kevin, well, you know, it is. So is, is this, go ahead. Is this the, so Matt, is this the mellow Bill Barnes or is this him at his peak? No, this is, this is Sunday night. Bill Barnes just uh, chilling. He's probably, uh, you know, he's, well, he doesn't have a bathrobe on, but like he said, he's already not wearing pants. He's, he's just, he's waiting for tomorrow. <laughs> He'll probably sleep 13 hours tomorrow and then wake up and be like, oh, you know, where's my next assignment or, or Hey, what, you know, looking for something to do. What, what do you do, Bill? When you wake up, you're like, is it 5.00 AM or 5.00 PM? Right. That's what you usually exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is Bill very mellow. Let me tell you. Uh, I told him, I said, you're going to have an audience. It's Sunday night. I know it's outside your normal window, but they're going to have some questions for you. We're just going to, we're going to do our thing. You can already tell he loves zoom though. He, he loves this stuff. Yeah. Much yeah. I, I don't like looking at myself in this picture here because I look like a cross between Bruce Arians, the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, um, you know, 
Cactus Fat Jack or some some professional wrestler. <laughs> so I, I'm not liking it. it I, they say the camera puts weight on you. Yes, it mm-hmm. does. Um, you know, I look like a man, the man with the thousand pound face, and I, I don't much like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I love the shave head. You finally took the commitment there. The goatee. I mean, you got a little Walter White going on, Bill. It it mm-hmm. does look it does look good, man. Brings out your intensity. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. When somebody cuts me off on the road now on the freeway, I drive up next to them and I look at them and they think I'm some like some some <laughs> like lunatic uh, former biker or something. And they don't mess with me at all. Back when I had hair, they'd flip me off back and scream at me. Now I drive up and I give them a glare and they like look straight ahead and just drive, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's all about the look do any of you guys have any cop stories when you got you know interaction with the law or advice for bill barnes and dealing with the law maybe uh anything of that nature maybe saying hey bill uh any any questions you ever i mean john you, you have some family who's in law enforcement so you yeah. you have plenty of uh answers to those questions and such but uh you know bill barnes what was it 20 25 years bill on the force <clears throat> 27 27 excuse me Mm-hmm. Riverside's finest, right here, guys. Anything, anything. I don't know about that. I just, <laughs> I just, I just did what I, they, I just took orders and did what they told me to do. Oh, sure thing. Well, uh, if you guys don't have anything, we will uh, try to wrap this up here. Uh, any parting words of wisdom, Bill Barnes? Did you enjoy the the stage tonight? We'll say in this kind of roundtable. Well, no, yeah? it's not my stage. I mean, you know, a lot of people think it's my show because they don't listen to any other time at Wednesdays. So a lot of people out there think it's my show. It's not. It's your show. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gracious uh, one, one day a week guest. And, you know, I shared the, the, um, the stage with everybody tonight. And I, you know, had fun doing it. I'm finally getting to put some, some, some faces with, uh, you know, some of the questions. And that's great. You know, John looks like, like he's, you know, ready to go cut down a tree up in, up in Oregon. He's got that lumberjack look going. Yeah, you know. it's it's the only thing about my uh, my life that has a uh, it is still that I would say is Oregonian because I don't do any of the local. I don't hunt. I don't fish. I don't. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm the odd man out most of the time. But but the beard, the beard is a what. Must. Uh, what city are you in up there? I am just south of Eugene, about ten minutes. Um, so a little small town called Cresswell, booming okay. metropolis of about five thousand. Okay. It sounds great. Yeah. Two stoplights. Man, oh. we're killing it. Oh. All that, re- you know, if I went up there and stayed, all that relaxation would kill me. Right. <laughs> you need the fast pace, Bill, or what? Well, I'm not used to, you know, two stoplights. Are you kidding me? You get two stoplights in, in an eighth of a mile in this town, you know? <laughs> Shit. Uh, no doubt about it. And Kevin's, our, Kevin's uh, up here was the... Uh, person as you remember bill who sent us the wonderful uh first place ribbon the participation trophy and the juice boxes months ago yes that are still perfect. on the desk here all we were missing all we were missing was a cookie <laughs> <laughs> That's you need it. to go find out you, go, you need to go out and find your own cookie <laughs> yeah oh he will and you know what's funny is every time i think i've heard bill like cross i'm like oh you crossed the line dude you went over it big time i get comments from you guys or other people like <laughs> he was great today i'm like oh, hey okay hey, that's what lines are for man to cross <laughs> i will continue to do it until they throw me off the air 
Yeah. You are the Tabasco sauce of this podcast, Bill, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, man yeah. alive. Oh, my God. Like Kevin, just so Kevin's you know, memory. I don't know if you guys listened last Wednesday or not. I have not eaten one fucking Oreo cookie since. Yes. I am on a, <laughs> I am on a, a, a uh, I'm not eating it. I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, Can't. <laughs> Good job, Bill. Way to uh, go, man. We'll mail, we'll mail you your one week chip. There you go. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> it's coming. Hey, new year, new year ahead. This will be out on Wednesday. And uh, man, 2021 will be here on Friday. So, does anyone, you guys got any joy or parting thoughts to get rid of 2020? Uh, well, just keep in mind, Mad Max was was set in the year 2021, the movie. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Man. So that's something to look forward to. Oh, it's coming. It is coming. Yeah. Edwin, everything good over there, brother? You uh, Thanks for tuning in, man. I appreciate it. Last minute notice. Uh, any final words uh, for Bill Barnes or any other jabs at him you could you any you guys could tell him he's wrong too you guys oh, don't have to praise him all the time <laughs> no no I, I i need to be told i'm wrong yeah me? it's impi- it's hard being right all the time <laughs> <laughs> that's true or not no uh keep keep doing what you're doing the offer still stands when uh you know we get to play our first baseball game throughout the first pitch out there uh or even better if you want to come out of retirement and umpire one of our games that'll be that'll be a, that'll be a blast I think I'd do much better throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> I, I think so. A big jersey, uh, a jersey and a hat, and just you know, wave to his fans. Oh, he would he would soak that up big time. A junior high boys baseball game too. But yeah, absolutely. Bill, you're in. You got the commitment to Edwin. Yes, absolutely. Just let me know when. Oh, excellent. How about the first game back from from COVID? Maybe maybe well, you flip the coin at a football game or something too. No, 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 no. We need, we need somebody in the, not, not some, some jaw jacker like me. To come. I mean, you need, no, no. Have a doctor or somebody do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll do the, I'll do the fourth or fifth game. Come on. <laughs> they do know it all. Kevin's Carpio parting words of uh, saying goodbye to 2020 and uh, parting words to Bill Barnes tonight. I just encourage everyone to have unlawful gatherings. Enjoy, enjoy your evening. Um, what else can we do? Well, yeah, exactly. Like the old saying we used to say, if you're going to drink, for God's sakes, drive, because we need the overtime. (laughs) (laughs) Or the quota. (laughs) Oh, always the cop. Wow. Oh, Oh, Bill Barnes. We love him. (laughs) Kevin, CC, what you started. Oh, John Lee, finally, take us home, man. What do you got for Uh, Bill Barnes in 2020? No, nah, that that last comment was uh, exactly what I'm looking for in 2021. <laughs> More <of> that, <laughs> Bill. You see, you, you did well. Your first season on the Get Home Safe podcast. This is your uh, last episode of 2020. Well, and now I'm it's... gonna I'm gonna hold out for that bigger contract. I'll tell you that right now. Right. <laughs> see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. 2021, hopefully bigger and better thing. Uh, as long as it's not a Jared Goff contract, you know, you're gonna have to like oh, deliver to your you know money and everything. <laughs> Bill Barnes, final words. I, I got nothing. I'm just, I was just happy to come on and, <clears throat> and, and share some uh, fellowship with my friends Sunday night, you know, and uh, it was fun. Let's, we'll do that. this again and I'll uh, see what, see what other kind of, you know, one liners I can, I can draw up and deliver. <laughs> Sounds good, man. We get will thesaurus, Alan. get yeah. the thesaurus, Bill Barnes at the thesaurus. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. I, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope we can do it again. Maybe bring on a few more uh, people. But you guys are like the VIP of the of the the uh, Get Home Safe podcast. <laughs> if I gotta gotta be honest, you guys are the. We, we you're, the, you're, the you're the chair. You're the chairman of the board. <laughs> you guys are the biggies. There you go. There you go. All right. New uh, big shows ahead in 2021, but this was our last weekly Wednesday weigh-in of 2020. Bill Barnes. As always, thank you. I mean, you. I'm not going to have to get woken up at seven in the morning on Tuesday to to, to tape this damn thing. I'm no, done. No, you get to sleep till noon. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, Beautiful. guys. Thank you so much. That was a blast. Have a good See one. you guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. See you. What a way to wrap up our 2020 episodes on the get home safe podcast our first season in the books uh great time sitting down with john lee edwin next kevin scarpio and will Tarico to uh chat with our good friend bill barnes so much fun i really enjoyed it i hope you guys did as well let's do it again soon and for those of you interested out there who kind of wouldn't mind a similar format by all means let me know and we'll make it happen i think it would be a, a great thing to do every few weeks bill barnes uh, loves his listeners and it's nice to know uh, for him to know that oh man they're real the, these people are real put some faces to some uh, names who've written in and called in and all those great things so uh, looking forward to doing this again real soon it doesn't have to be with Bill Barnes but again uh, I think he enjoys this stuff as I do and uh, probably uh, the most fitting time to do it is with the one and only Bill Barnes Bill thank you so much for many many episodes many many um uh afternoons mornings of recording together i mean we got uh, nearly 40 shows in this this year and uh, it's been a blast I, i've really enjoyed it here's to next year and hopefully we go 52 for 52 on wednesdays uh, as far as uh, the weeks of the year go and uh, I, I again it's it's such a great addition to this show i would say you're the main attraction most weeks uh for people but uh let's keep it going and uh, thanks again, Bill, for a great 2020, even though the rest of it wasn't so great. All right, guys. Well, that will wrap up today's show. It was a rather long time sitting down with the fellas there. But, hey, when you get the guys around just chatting around the campfire, uh, sometimes you need more firewood. Sometimes it keeps going, you know. So uh, we'll do it again soon. Uh, Friday, as I mentioned, we have Valerie Burns on the program. My girlfriend will talk about the holiday season running down christmas and new year's kind of what to look forward to in 2021 uh look back on 2020 a little bit and uh yeah just start the year off right with my my lady my uh one and only girlfriend uh, and uh january 1st 2021 should be a lot of fun kicking off a new year with valerie so be sure to tune in on friday guys there's plenty of ways to follow the get home safe podcast our twitter handle is get home safe pod our facebook and instagram page is get home safe podcast and our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com we'd love to hear from you just like you hear from us mondays wednesdays and fridays at the get home safe podcast so shoot us an email with a question maybe a content suggestion if you want to vent about your favorite sports team or just tell me or bill that we're dead wrong whatever it does not, we're not offended here this is a this is an offended free zone here at the get home safe podcast okay just so just so you're well aware and if you listen to any part of that interview we did today i think you're well aware that uh, if you're offended, you're in the wrong place <laughs> for this podcast. Anyway, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, there's also some 
uh, links in the episode notes if you ever want to send us a voice message. Have your voice heard on the podcast, much like a caller calling in, as well as some other additional information in those podcast notes if you ever want to check that out. Guys, I can't believe 2020 is finally over. Well, there's one more day of it, but as far as our podcast goes, uh, this is it. It's hard to believe. We'll start up season two, if you will, uh, with the January 1st show uh, of uh, our 2021 season. So when I put out the episodes, I'll be able to put season two now, season two. I don't know if you guys read that stuff or not, but anyway, uh, it will be season two. Looking forward to it to start fresh. Our first episode randomly was in January of last year and uh, our first one of season two this year, this next year, upcoming year, and I already say next year, it's Friday, uh, will be uh in january as well hello okay i'm out of, i'm out of, sorry sorry tongue tongue twisting here i gotta get off to work i've recorded this a few days early and it's time to run off and uh, make that money at fedex and see if there's any more packages left from people for christmas so guys thanks for joining us today hope you enjoyed the round table it was so much fun be safe out there guys finish up 2020 strong look forward to 2021 things are going to change i just know they will guys no matter what you're doing whether you're out on the town or around in third base Get home safe.